You're listening to episode nine of the Study Hub, Business and Chemistry. Drive Time on RT Radio 1 with Sarah McInerney and Cormac O'Hara. And you're all very welcome into the warm and cosy study hub this evening. Sure, else would you want to be in a cold evening like this? And we need you to buckle up because we have two big subjects lined up for you this evening between now and seven o'clock. But let's see if you can guess them. We have a couple of hints for you. First of all, this. It's business. It's business time. That's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, let's get down to business. It's business time. It's business. Oh, becoming an old favourite on our show here. The flight, the Concord's there with the, yes, you guessed it, business time. But let's see if you can work out this one. This is even more subtle. Semi-sonic with chemistry there. So yes, this evening, it's all about business and chemistry. So we invite you now to snap open the briefcases and fire up the Bunsen burners. And all questions for business and chemistry, welcome this evening on text at 51551 or email us at studyhub at And in the meantime, while we're all ploughing on with our studies, we are here, of course, keeping a close eye on Marble Street and the comings and goings there at the Department of Education. And on Friday, Minister Norma Foley said that they're working on a two-track approach to the Leaving Cert, involving exams and a second non-exam process and we gather that those intensive talks with education partners are happening right now and we will of course bring you any relevant developments there as they unfold and while sometimes I feel sitting here that this programme is sponsored by the word uncertainty it is time to wheel it out again as we have to recognise that all the speculation is of course adding to the uncertainty around the exams. So to help us establish what we actually do know from what we don't I'm joined on the line now by Aoife Walsh and Aoife is an education commentator and guidance counsellor at Malahide Community school. Uh, Good evening Aoife. Good evening Evelyn, how are you? Good. Now I just wanted to ask you about Friday night, that announcement about this twin track approach as such, was it a surprise, a bombshell or was it to be expected in your view? I mean I I think there there probably wasn't any other way they can go and if we look at last year's Leaving Cert, in a way it was maybe a twin track approach also. Students certainly had an option, they had the option of taking the predictive grade and then they had the option of sitting the exam afterwards Um, so they had two choices. This year's Leaving Cert year faced a more complex situation than last year's did. So it's going to have to be a more complex solution to meet their needs. So I I'm welcome the fact that the students at least have choice um, in whatever solution that is going to come up out of Marlborough Street soon. Now, where are we? Sort of early February, right? So practicals and oral deadlines, they really are yeah. coming down the tracks in the traditional sense. I mean, music practicals, for example, we heard from Susan McCormick the other night. For some students, that can account up to 50% of their mark. So what is your advice for students who are sitting there now tonight trying to manage and work out their timetable for the next few weeks? Because it is all up in the air. Yeah, and it's the biggest question I'm getting from my own students as well, is where should they spend their time? You know, up until we were supposed to start mocks last week, people were saying, well, should I study for the mocks in case I go to predictive grades? Or should I 
you know, study for leaving cert or should I work on my homework? Right now, as of today, and it might change, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen. We know that there's still going to be projects. We think that there's still going to be orals. We think that there's still going to be practicals. So I would say to students, put your time into what you know is going to count. Put your time into what you think is going to be assessed. And don't try and second guess it. Just mm-hmm. plough on as if you normally would and prepare for the subjects as best you can. I do think whatever solution they come up with, the work that you do now is not going to go to waste. You're not going to be in a situation where you're going to say, oh, all the work I did for the last month was for nothing. The solution is not going to do that to students, whatever it is. So just keep studying away, working away. And until you hear differently, you presume that you are going to have the opportunity to show your oral skill or show your practical skill in some shape or form, unless you know otherwise. They have given us advice around projects that came out earlier in January, um, just about which project deadlines were going to be extended and which ones weren't so you know we do believe that the projects are going to be going ahead so keep working on those as well Finally then I assume you're going to say social media ain't your friend maybe in the middle of all the speculation tell me about that well, I, you know, everyone is trying to figure out what's going to go on. And there's mm. so many educational partners in this and they're all working for the students' best interests. That's what everybody's focus oh, is. Oh, the commitment whether is huge, yeah. Absolutely. Now, whether it's the unions or the managerial bodies or the department, we're trying to tease this out to say what is best for the students for this year. So the students need to just focus on their studies and just find out what the, what the answer is when the answer is available rather than trying to second guess it or place bets on what it's going to be or what it might be this or it might be that. And I have talked to all my students, half of them want one thing, half of them want the other thing. So that's okay as well. And, and there hopefully will be choice to facilitate everyone. But keep working away on your leaving cert. And then when it comes to your CAO and when it comes to your college entry, have your dream course and then have your backup plan and have another backup plan if you can. Hopefully you're not going to be disappointed in August. But if, God forbid, you are, have other plans of how you can get to the same place. Lesson for life there, really. Listen, thank you so much for joining us this evening and we will be staying in touch with you, obviously, as things unfold over the coming days. Uh, You can get your comments into us on this or anything else on 51551. But for now, we move on and it's time to immerse ourselves in the exciting world of business because from Dragon's Den to The Apprentice, from Citizen Kane to The Wolf of Wall Street, we've long been fascinated by the wheeling dealings of business on the screen. But perhaps one of the first movies you saw as a child that gave you the taste for the big deals was Richie Rich, which starred a very young Macaulay Culkin as the of a millionaire who was sent to business school with similar young pups too. Here's a quick clip from one of their school classes. And does anyone recognise the teacher? Anyone? Anyone? Let's move on to case study number 12. Your company is in dire straits. Sales are down 50% due to stiff price competition. Dividends are falling. Your stockholders are demanding that you step down as chairman of the board. Now, here's your problem. How do you rally the board of directors to your side and stave off impending bankruptcy? Reynolds? I'll have my secretary get back to you on that one. Ellsworth, how would you get the board on your side? Bribe someone. Sit down, Ellsworth. Reginald, what would you do? What would I do? Simple. I'd float a rumor that we're the object of a takeover bid. And as soon as our stock went up, I'd sell. That's not only unethical, Reginald, it's illegal. I'm only 12. I can't be held legally responsible. Hmm, good point. Learning the rules of business at a young age there from Richie Rich. So time to talk business and welcome our first teacher into the study hub this evening, Ronan Murdoch, who's the head of business, the business department at the Dublin Academy of Education. Ronan, good evening to you. 
Good evening. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Listen, let's start with the format for the business exam. You know, and as I said, we're going to plough on as it is at the moment, looking at this three hour exam. Yeah, so um, the paper's marked at a 400 overall and they break it into three different parts. You've got short questions that are worth 80 marks. You'll have an ABQ, the applied business question, which a lot of students tend to dread, but it's really not that hard. Um, that's 80 marks. And then they have the long questions, which are worth 240 marks, which will be the remaining 60% of their exam. So, um, and what are the long questions, they'll be given eight questions on the day and they'll answer four out of those eight questions. Now, just to talk about the kind of the gaps or the differences between higher level and ordinary level papers, what what do you advise yeah. around that then if people are in the middle of that? The, the main difference you see with the ordinary level papers is they can actually still quite ask fairly challenging questions in ordinary level. The only difference would be that with ordinary level, they wouldn't have the ABQ question in the middle that uh, will catch students out. And what you'd find as well with the ordinary level papers, they wouldn't look for as much detail in the answers as they would in the higher level paper. So while the questions, on the, if you were to look at ordinary and higher level pa- a paper, the questions would look quite similar. Um, the marking schemes would be a lot stricter on the higher level papers. Now, Ronan, I have to interrupt this important discussion to say, yes, it was the teacher from Ferris Bueller's day off, in case it's annoying anybody <laughs> at home. Anyone? Anyway, let's go back to the real upper value here. Let's t- you recognise yourself. Come here, time management. Talk to me about it, because critical in this exam. But you think students, they can make up for time in the short questions? They, they can, yeah. And the, well, even before we, we get into it as well, with the time management, like this, this year, they're giving them two extra short questions. So usually they're giving you 10 short questions. Um, now they're giving you 12, which give again, gives students a better choice. And they, they, you, you'd attempt as many as you can within the half hour, but, and the examiner then will take your best eight. However, the only problem is with them giving you more questions in the day, more short questions, and even they've given you an extra long question to read through, that's going to feed into the time management problem that students will have in the day. So I just want to warn students in advance going into the exam, it's just be extra strict with yourself in terms of time management. Um, give yourself the half an hour to the short questions, but also if there's one or two short questions that you're not too confident about, my advice would be to, to leave those short questions, move through the paper, and then at the end of the exam, if you've got a bit of time, go back over them. Um, because remember, on, on the day, you'll get eight short, 12 short questions and they're going to take your best eight. Now, talk me through then the, the importance of looking at the words they're looking for here because you say, look, underline them, things like illustrate in a question. Yeah, really like, think so about what, what the I, terms... Yeah, a big thing I'd want to stress with students is that um, when you walk into the exam, don't write out for the first five minutes and actually use those, those five minutes to set yourself because there's a few words there, like if they say illustrate, it means they want you to back your point up with an example. So a lot of students might be aware of that. So I'd always say look through the paper and try and find that word illustrate. And you sometimes see that in the short questions. Another thing you might see in the short questions is they might use the word distinguish. And students need to note that when you see distinguish, they want you to explain both points using two separate headings. So one year is like distinguishing primary and secondary picketing. And students have to basically just give two separate headings for each of them and explain it that way. So you want to take the first five minutes of the exam and actually pick your questions, structure out your paper and highlight all the key words throughout the paper. You want to look as well like for like words like discuss and evaluate. They're also key words. So when you see the word discuss, you want to, um, you want to make sure you form the, the, the answer in paragraphs only. You want to avoid these one word headings that a lot of students are going for. So it's about just restructuring the paper at start at the exam. It's very crucial. Now, the long questions. You have to answer, I think you were saying, four out of eight questions. So what kind of units are we looking at here, Ronan? Um, well, overall, there's seven units on the paper. And part one, you'll see, will be broken into units one, six and seven. And part two, we've broken in between units two, three, four and five. So part one will have four questions and you have to at least one question from part one. 
And then part two, which will be based between units two, four and, two three, four and five, uh, you'll have to do at least one question from there. And then your third and fourth question, you can do from either part one or part two. So it can be a bit tricky like that for students. So what I'd always want to stress to students in the day is don't answer every question from part one or don't answer every question from part two. You can do one in part one and three questions then from part two. This year in the Leaving Cert, most students will be going for part two because they're based, part two will be based between two, three, four, and five. And your ABQ, which is a really lucky coincidence for six years this year, the ABQ will be based on units three, four, and five. So students are getting a massive overlap this year if they focus on units three, four, and five really well and they cover unit two on top of that, they'll be covered for all of part two in the long questions. Great. Now, Rona, we're going to say goodbye to you temporarily, but you are going to stay near your phone. And the way we're going to keep students listening to you is that I know I'm going to ask you when you come back about the break-even chart, okay? This is something that you Good, think yeah. students should really know. <laughs> yeah. So don't say yeah. anything yet. Bear with us. But the break-even chart is the reason you need to stay listening because Ronan's got some advice <laughs> okay. around that. So listen, Ronan, thank you. Ronan Murdoch, Head of Business Department of the Dublin Academy of Education for that there. Ronan, we'll be back to us in a few minutes. You can get your questions into him at 51551. But next, just a little reminder of that little tune about chemistry. Oh, cheer you up. Now it's time to turn our attention to everything from atoms to the periodic table to organic chemistry and pH values. And the Leaving Cert chemistry syllabus is a pretty big subject, but here to break it down into more manageable chunks is Dr. Dana Kilroy, chemistry teacher from the Sanford Park School in Randa in Dublin. You're very welcome this evening. Hi, thank you. Very nice to be here. Now, as we were saying, chemistry, I mean, all the subjects are big, fast subjects, but you have up to 10 different units or sections to navigate here and the exam reflects that three hours long as well. But with the kind of sense of the students this year negotiating all this through the pandemic, there have been some changes made to this paper as well. And this is something we're hearing about right across the board. But you might tell us a little bit about that, what students should be aware of. Brilliant. Well, normally the paper is 11 questions. Uh, three of which are in section A and they are the mandatory experiment questions. So one is on a titration, two is an organic experiment and three is any other experiment from the course. Um, And then there are eight questions in section B. Now, normally the students have to do two from section A, well, two or three from section A. However, for this, what has actually been allowed for this year is that they can do any eight questions. They're not restricted to doing the mandatory experiment questions. So it gives them much greater choice on the paper and reflects the fact that they might not actually have been able to do many of the mandatory um, experiments when obviously we are doing remote learning. Yeah, I have a quick question about that, actually, because I imagine students are feeling under pressure when they look back and say, God, I've only done some experiments. And again, Mm -hmm. something that's affected so many subjects, you know, Geography, all these, uh, these subjects have those kind of little elements to them. What are you saying to students about experiments? First of all, don't worry about it. You will have covered the theory of it. And you might have done some of the experiments in fifth year uh, before we broke apart. And you might do some of them when we come back. So, for example, take the titrations with question one. There are 10 titrations to cover. You might not have done them all, but the theory of a titration is the same for all of them. And importantly, the calculations, the base calculations are the same. So that formula, that is the same for all titrations. So if you haven't done that particular titration, learn the theory of it anyway, 
that mm -hmm. will help you. Uh, there are some videos that you can get for some of them as well. That will help you as well. And secondly, if you don't know the entire details of it, attempt uh, the calculations anyway. Now, obviously, like I said, there is more choice. So if it's really a titrate that you do not know at all, then you don't actually have to do the question anymore because of the extra choice element. Okay, so section A of the paper, section B has eight questions and then obviously you're talking there about the other sections. Talk us through section yeah. A of the paper then. How should people prepare for this a little bit? Well, the fact that there's choice in both sections, they don't, they can, if they want, avoid section A entirely. Now, I am guessing that students will have done some experiments. But the section A first question is always a titration. So like I said, there's acid-base ones, there's radox ones, there's water ones. It's quite a broad uh, category, but no, no things like the colour changes, safety criteria, um, the results and any calculations that go with it. Same could be said for question two, which is an organic experiment, which comes from kind of units five and etc and then question three is any other experiment on the course so that would cover things like the anions or the equilibrium experiments now i'm really enjoying your contribution donna the line is breaking up a little bit we'll plow on and see if we can we keep you going because i know you're giving great advice there and actually another thing i wanted to raise to you again this came up with maths and the value of the logbook you make an interesting point about the values oh, that are <laughs> you knew where i was going yeah. with this there's mm. there's help on the front the paper people there is. And it's absolutely fantastic. And in the logbook itself as well. I love the logbook. It is Steady fantastic. on, Dan. I know it's COVID yeah. now, but steady on. You love a logbook. So, absolutely. So, first of all, there are there are values on the front of the paper. So, make sure they, that you check. They will give you the relative atomic masses that you need. If they give you molar volume at STP, keep in mind that you might need to use it. If you are all of a sudden trying to use molar volume at room temperature and it's not listed on the front of the paper, read the question again. They will give you the universal gas constant. If, that, if, if they give you that, that means you need to use the ideal gas equation. The PV is equal to NRT, which is in the log tables on page 64. So with the log tables, page 64, you have numbers like STP, pH, the universal gas equation, and then they will give you values on the front of the paper. So always check back to those because they're not going to ask you something that they haven't given you um, a value for. Now, tell me about the questions that you get asked, the FAQs, the most frequently asked questions, because I can tell you the number one question we get in is what can I leave out, which is understandable. Mm. What's your own yeah, view on true. that? What are the recurring themes that you'd like to address? Uh, so, first of all, don't skip organic uh, because organic comes up in a lot. Organic is kind of fuels, hydrocarbons, oil refining, um, and then the things like the alcohols, the ketones and the mechanisms. There are near, there are always three questions and sometimes three and a half questions on that section together because you've got question two, which is the experiment, question six, which is usually on fuels, and then question eight is usually on organic mechanisms and compounds. And they sometimes throw in another question, uh, half a question in 10 or 11. So I wouldn't avoid organic unless you are full sure that you know absolutely everything else. After that, it is really hugely individual. Some people are much, much better at theory. They like the, the logical aspect of the theory and they're very good at the kind of unit one and two material, which is the atoms, the periodic table, the history, the bonding. Other people love the mathematical aspect and so they'll gravitate more towards the kind of chemical equilibrium pH sections. 
it really is hugely individual. Pick your strengths and focus on those. But I know people aren't going to love this, but it's not really a great idea to leave anything out because question four are short questions and they can cover nearly all of the course. Yeah. And again, this keeps coming up that, you know, I mm. think students tend to think of topics as nearly silos, but things creep into yeah. each other, like trigonometry appears in paper one. And people think that is a paper two subject. And so that's something that people have to be really alert about, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, very much so. Now, the good thing is that when you do go into the exam, while there is some crossover with certain questions, uh, for example, chemical equilibrium tends to come up with water and pH. um, And there are certain things that do tend to appear together, uh, for example, unit one and two. So atoms bonding periodic table, they're often mixed together. Quite often, a lot of the rest of the paper is slightly separate. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there can be a certain question on the day that you'll read it and you'll kind of go, oh, do you know what? That is not my question today. And you can skip sections um, in that regard because there is choice on the paper and mm-hmm. the final two questions are, are also extra choice so there are two questions with three parts in them and you only have to do two parts of each so there is a good deal of choice on it so if there is a particular small section that they are not very very keen on then yes they can leave that to the last to study but ideally it is not great to skip any large section That's okay. Very quickly, uh, just you want to make a little point about the correct terminology, that students should be aware of their exam technique and make sure they're using the correct Mm. terminology. Just a quick line on that. Yeah, exactly. So first of all, watch the wording. If it says state and explain, give those two points quite separately. State what you are what the question asked for, and then explain the reasoning behind it. The, another term they use quite a bit is account for. Account for basically means explain why or give the reasons for. So, for example, account for the difference in bond angle. They're going to want you to use terms like loan pairs and bond pairs. Don't shorten those or abbreviate those. And, for example, when you are talking about um, oxidation or reduction, use the correct terminology in terms of increase in oxidation number or loss of electrons. Don't phrase it your own way. Don't say get rid of or get smaller. Use the correct terminology. Listen, thank you so much for those pearls of wisdom this evening. And you've even made me think so twice about a logbook. So there you go. Uh, thank you, Dr. Dana Kilroy from Sanford Park School for joining us this evening. Um, we just have time to turn back to Ronan Murdoch for some quick fire questions. Ronan, you're still with us? I am, yeah. Hi. Now, I have to ask every teacher this. Should we expect a COVID-related question in any part of the exam? What's your view on that, Ronan? Um, hard to predict, but one place it could actually not, it could creep in in the ABQ because there's a question I like to ask you in the ABQ question um, where you have to tell these, they'll ask you um, to give advice to an entrepreneur based on the knowledge you've picked up in the course. And one, could, one, one question they could ask would be, what are the strategies for helping a manager to help his employees adapt to change? And they've asked that question four years so far in the ABQ out of 13 years. <laughs> so there's a good chance it could come up and it didn't come up in 2017, so since 2017. So I'd be stressing like a good way to help businesses adapt to change. I'd make sure to tell my six years to look over that question. It's a very important one, definitely. It's yeah. on unit four. There's been so much learning, I suppose, with that in the last year. Now we have to <laughs> yeah, just, learning, yeah. excitement is building. It's too much for me. The break-even chart, please, please put me out of my misery. What's so exciting about the break-even chart? <laughs> 
Well, it's, it's really just, it's, um, it hasn't come up since 2016. I'd be telling the students again to start working on that very early now because last time it came up as a long question, it came up for 11% of your paper. Now, a big mistake that students make is they because it comes up at the end of the paper, students leave it as their last question to do. And you're putting yourself under huge amount of pressure if you're trying to do the break-even chart and you've only got 20 minutes to spare. So the strongest bit of advice I'd have for students this year is that you walk into the exam, they should be looking out for the break-even chart straight away, check if it's on the paper, and if it is, they need to do it immediately after they do, do, they do the ABQ question. So they want to do it like halfway through the exam, so that way if the break-even chart question does go wrong, they still have time and they can afford to jump over and do another question. What happened in 2016 when it came up with a long question, a lot of students did at the end, they, and when they got it wrong, they had nowhere else to go because the exam was over. So if you see the break-even chart this year in a paper, do it early, don't leave it until your last question. And sadly, our programme is over. Thank you so much for joining us with that, Ronan Murdoch, this evening. Thanks <laughs> to our other contributors this evening. We're back here on Thursday evening where we'll be drilling down through Gaelgapel Pauper though, Irish Paper 2, get your notebooks ready. In the meantime, please download our podcast or email us at studyhub at rte.ie. You were listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time at RT Radio 1. Tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30pm.